podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. There's no coat. Finally waited. Erickson, low. Great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez. Lucas Moura. And belted into the net, brilliant goal! On debut, Tunga Ongombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs! Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot. And with good reason. Oh, wow, what a run. Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Touchline Hotspur podcast. I'm on hosting duties this week. Um, picked a great time to be a host because it's been probably the best week that we've had as Spurs fans since 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 the start of 2021, to be honest. Um, but listen, it's, it's, it's a very it's a very happy camp right now. Um, not too much, not too many bad vibes at present, but we we'll, we'll speak about the bad vibes that have plagued our club from literally day one through to present anyway. But uh, I'm joined by a couple regular co-hosts as well. Uh, Jack, what are you saying, man? How are you doing today? Yeah, but like you said, better, man. It's been it's been a rare <laughs> week, like, a week like this. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm taking it, <laughs> absorbing it as much as I can. Yeah, yeah. Aren't we all, mate? Aren't we all? Uh, Owen, how are you doing, bro? Yeah, no, I'm very good. Thank you very much, man. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm great, man. I'm great. If life feels different when Spurs are winning, man. <laughs> it does. I see some more of those Instagram story posts when we do, when we're winning as well. I love to see it. <laughs> yeah, I'm even wearing the merch now. Uh, I, I took a I took a bit of a a blackout, um, uh, a Spurs blackout in terms of the merch. I said I, I refuse to wear your your I refuse to wear anything with the Spurs with Spurs colours or Spurs badges until we actually started winning and, and lo and behold we're doing it. And then of course. Uh, last co-host for the week, recently new member as well. You were on the last pod. You're a busy bee now. You, 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 I'm seeing you on other pods as well. Like, really stamping his presence in the Twitter world. Dave, how you doing, bro? I'm good. I'm doing better than our right-hand side of our defence. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, boy, a lot of people are doing better than the right side of our, our defence. But, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. Not, not as busy as you, Tops, but um, yeah, all good. Yeah, man. It's 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 um as I said, it's a good week. Um, well, I feel like everyone's in a everyone's in in a positive mood as well. So I feel like I'm I'm liking the energy that we got today. Anyway, um, before we actually get into it, um, for those who are listening as well, make sure you are followed. You're you're following our social. Sorry, um, Spurs underscore Touchline on Twitter and Touchline Fracker YouTube. And then, of course, on on Instagram as well, make sure you follow us, uh, Spurs underscore Touchline there as well. We want to hear your views. We want to hear your thoughts. So just come at us, leave a comment, follow us, subscribe, whatever, whatever. Um, let's actually get into into the nitty gritty of the, of the, of the podcast. So yeah. as, as we said, we can't overstate how well this week has gone for us or this recent week. Um, and I want to start off with the the, the, the previous the pre, the the Sunday Premier League match against Burnley, um, emphatic 4-0 win. Gareth Bell at the brace, clean sheet, Alderweireld back in defence. 
couple things we can talk about, but um, Dave, I'm gonna I'm gonna come straight to you, man. Um, we have to talk about Gareth Bale. We have to talk about the form that he's 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 shown in the last like two three weeks, man. Is it fair to say that he's he he's threatening to to have some sort of a renaissance um, towards the final stages of this season? Yeah, and I think it's, it's been a long time coming, isn't it? I think what we're seeing now, we're seeing him trust his body. I mean, he trusts himself physically, which is what you need in the Premiership. <clears throat> you know, the Premier League doesn't take no prisoners, doesn't care for your reputation, doesn't matter whether you're you know, you're worth £100 million pounds or not. Do you know I mean, it's, it's a physically demanding league and I think with the lack of football he's had over the past two to three years and the injuries he got coming into our, our side, I think he just physically wasn't up to it. Um, but we're starting to see some good touches. He's backing himself now, taking on defenders. Um, what I really like, and this is why I think he might even have a little bit of part to play in a, in a 10 role for us, we'll see, um, his passing. His passing has definitely improved over the past few weeks. You know, that um, the assist for Kane's goal, was it 60 yard pass or something? Just completely picked him out. And it's, it's, it's what we, we've been doing, isn't it? We've been hitting teams on the counter attack. So, it's, you know, he's definitely got a part to play. Um, and yeah, I hope that he, he just keeps scoring and keep locking down that right wing because the other options aren't too great, let's be honest. Couldn't have said it any That's better, Mark. Oh. Yeah, there was a bit of an echo there. But, yeah, the options are not great at all. Um, and I think the one thing I want to emphasise with Gareth Bell, and even we'll, we'll get on Delhi in a second as well, but the one thing I want to emphasise about Gareth Bell, and I'm sure you'll all agree, is the fact that there is finally someone else in addition to Kane and Son that the opposition has to worry about. I think all season, even when we were winning, this podcast was quite consistent in the fact that the, the supporting cast need to step up. Kane and Son can't be expected to bail us out week in, week out, week in, week out. And it's just so refreshing that we finally have another match winner on the pitch, potentially, when he's on song. And it just, it takes the burden off their shoulders. Son didn't even score. I know he, he obviously had a couple of assists, but Son didn't even score on Sunday and we won 4-0. When, 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 how many times have we been able to say that this season, that we win by such a margin and Son's not even on the score sheet? Harry Kane only scoring one goal. How many how, how many times do we get to say it this season? Not often. Um, Jack, I want to come to you next on this as well. Um, one half of Lamora, as I call him. An agent of chaos, as I call him. Bonehead City, as I call him. But listen, <laughs> <laughs> Lucas Moura in the 10. We were talking about it before the game. We were up in arms saying, what's Jose playing out? What's he on? What's he on? <laughs> Lucas Moura has a good game. Tell me, tell me about Mora in this ten row, and tell me about how you felt he was against Burnley, and how you think he can help us um, heading into this final third of the season. Well, I'll say this: it's not sustainable. Him in the number ten, that's not going to be sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just put it out there. But, but having said that, when the team is playing at such a high intensity, when there's a lot. Of fluid movement, and obviously, when you have the quality of Gareth Bell, Hyungmin Son, and um, Terry Kane, the quality in terms of creativity, because they all have it, he's going to thrive. He, he, you know, he he can't not thrive. And um, you'd be even shocked, in that, bro. you'd be sorry. He's thriving. He's thriving more than others. But let's not speak about that. <laughs> but yeah, um, what I'll say is, you know, he got his goal. He got his goal. You know, when when the team was playing with in, with that intensity, it, it is very, I'd say, contagious, and it does kick on. I think an example of that is when Lamella comes on and shows that intensity. Whenever he does that, the team sort of ramps it up a little bit, and whenever the team as a whole is playing with that level of intensity, that urgency, Lucas Moore is going to get into. He's going to find himself in spaces. You're going to have you know the quality of Gareth Bell and Harry Kane picking players out, and yeah. It, it worked in that particular game, and but uh, let, let, we don't want to be seeing this regularly. <laughs> Let's just say that we want to be seeing Delhi behind that team. We want to see him getting back on form. That that is what it is, and so I'm not going to read too much into it because we did. It is Burnley at the end of the day, even though it it's is normally right. a banana skin. It is Burnley. Yeah, it is Burnley. But listen, 
you got to take the W's when you can get them, man. We've been, <laughs> we've, been we, we've been Hank Marvin out here. We've been starving, man. Our bellies have been rumbling all 2021. So anything, I'm, I'm clinging on to it, man. I'm clinging on to it with no shame whatsoever. So I'm snatching that Burnley win. And on on that game, Owen, I want to come to you next on this. Um, Alderweireld and Davison um, I don't know why they, they, it seems like there's a, there's a weird echo that keeps happening. But anyway, Davison Sanchez, Alderweireld, it's not a partnership that we've seen a lot of this season. It was a partnership that we did see a lot of last season um, under on, on Jose. Um, what did you make of their performance? And are you comfortable with this centre-back pairing um, in the games to come? I know we're going to obviously talk about Fulham and then preview Crystal Palace, but I'm, I'm talking from now up until the end of the season. Um, give me your thoughts on that partnership. Um. Yeah, I mean, for me, I was pleasantly surprised that he, he rocked with that partnership against Burnley. Um, this was a partnership that I had called for a few weeks ago as kind of our most our most sustainable one, which we could kind of play for a few games just to kind of develop a little bit of continuity there because I didn't feel like us chopping and changing set about partnerships was doing us any favours. Um, I, I was expecting Burnley to rock up with uh, Vokes and Wood. For whatever reason, they were unavailable. So, so I think we got away with one there, to be honest, because Sanchez does tend to struggle against some more of your more physical centre-backs. But I felt... That partnership worked well. Again, it was against favourable opposition in terms of the whole team, especially their strikers. They had Jay Rodriguez and Matej Vidra. And I felt like especially Sanchez in this game, he was winning all of his duels. I don't remember him even losing one, um, especially just all across the floor, which which suited him obviously a lot more. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to give... Sanchez a special mention for that game because his performance kind of went under the radar a little bit after Bale's kind of Renaissance performance. But yeah, overall, um, it gave me a, a lot of confidence to have them build on that performance going into our set of favourable games, to be fair. Yeah, you're right. Um, favourable. It's it's, we do have a favourable run of Premier League matches, Arsenal away aside. Um, and it is, an, it is an opportunity, or it was an opportunity for us to pick up points, and, and um, that's what we've done. Did it against Burnley, got the job done, boosted the goal difference, and then I think now um, we can pretty much move on to Fulham, because I really want to really speak about this game at length, because um, I feel like this was sort of a Jekyll and Hyde performance from us, something that we've become accustomed to seeing this season. Um, although this this game was probably a Jekyll and Hyde performance for the for the um, for the obvious reasons, I don't know what what your thoughts are, but um, I feel like fatigue set in with a lot of our with a lot of our squad members yesterday, and then I feel like some players that we've not been able to rely upon just did what they've done all season and just not be dependable. Um, Dave, I'm going to come to you on this as well. What were your thoughts when you saw that lineup yesterday? I mean, Basque as they call it. Lining up for the first time this season, Dele's yeah. first Dele's first start since the opening um since the opening game of the season as well, but then uh, the the negative side, uh, the 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 fullback pairing of Ben Davies and and Matt Doherty. Uh, what were your thoughts on that lineup, and did you expect Jose to to to, to pick that group of players? No, I, I thought we'd have Oye at right back. Um, I'm not surprised with Rogi on not playing two games in, in a row. Um, he's definitely our main guy. And I think, you know, playing him at the weekend, especially with, we've got Europa next week, so he can rest that game, hopefully, maybe, you know, and then obviously we've got a big game after that. So I thought we'd see Oye, but we did We saw the man that we signed to play at right back. I'm, I can't call his name because I can't stand him. Um, and for me, it just depresses me because of all the excitement of seeing, you know, the front four and thinking, right, it's going to click. The thing is with us, you know, if we don't have an attacking option on, on the flanks, it just gets very stale very quickly. And I think that's what we saw yesterday. Like I said, Jekyll and Hyde. And I think it was a Jekyll and Hyde lineup. Um, I think I was also surprised to see Toby play twice. And I'm thinking, does that mean he doesn't play against Palace? I hope not. You know, I think 
we should be in a position now you can play against Palace rest next week maybe in, in Europa um, but yeah I, I was just a bit like oh okay we're going to concede <laughs> let's hope we can score enough goals before they concede and, and it was a weird it was a really really weird game it kind of petered out and we had our usual um, second half dip you know I don't know what happens at half time but we never come out strong um, for those 10-15 minutes even if we're up 3-0 um, it, it, it tends to be quite shocking some of the performances at that point. So I think we saw what I kind of expected. Like I said, Jekyll and Hyde, Jekyll and Hyde line up, Jekyll and Hyde performance really. Um, but yeah, those fullbacks definitely leave a lot to be desired. Yeah, they do, they do. And um, Jack, I want to come to you on this as well because that first <laughs> half, it felt as if even though Fulham had a couple openings to start with, it felt like we were quite fluid um when we actually when we actually looked to attack Fulham and Harry Kane missed a guilt edge chance um early on and then of course Son put another one on the plate for for Dilly as well um do you think that Jose Mourinho is somewhat changing his approach in some of these matches or is it simply just down to the level of opposition that we've seen in recent weeks because on the front foot against Burnley, um, of course, it goes without saying, on the front foot against Wolfsburger, and then not... First half, I wouldn't say we, we parked the bus. I feel like we very much did try to get at, at Fulham. Do you think there's a slight possible change in approach, or is this just, I don't know, like we're playing a lower side and the expectation is on us to, 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 to go for these teams? I wouldn't think it's because their lower side because we did play Fulham at home and we, we set up quite differently in their second half. Um, you could see the difference between the second half and the home game and the away game. You could see sort of how deep the midfield and how sit they close, how, how close they sit to that defence and how deep that back line is. And in the Fulham, in the, in the game against them, them the other day, oh, yesterday, that it, they, Fulham were carving us open because we weren't set up like that in in that midfield at least, and they were they were playing through us a lot. And whilst they've been decent at that of late, that is because we haven't approached. I genuinely think it's because we're approaching games differently now. Um, obviously, in the first half, we saw how we played. We, we were pretty much in control of that game the entire for the entire entirety of that first half. But mm. I think we lost control purely, like. Um, that was touched on earlier. Um, fatigue, tiredness. Um, we have played the most games in Europe this, out of any team this season. Um, that fixture list started pretty early. So, yeah, I definitely think um, there is this change of approach because, well, what, what we tried before wasn't working for the, since, what, December. So, yeah, um, there is a change. Slightly, yeah. but I won't, I, won't, I won't hold my breath. Yeah, neither will lie to be honest. Neither will lie. No, for me, nothing changes with 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 our manager. I don't know if you lot feel the same, but nothing changes with me. Um, the only the only thing for me that will change is whether he does enough to to stay in the job between now and the end of the season. And the hope is, even though I don't want him here, the hope is he does do enough to to save his job because more because that will mean that we're in a strong position. That will mean that. We've probably maybe won a trophy or two and we've got Champions League football in the bag. So the hope is that he can continue the turnaround or the mini turnaround that we're seeing. In fact, I even feel sick calling it a turnaround because it's Burnley and fair enough, Fulham was always going to be a difficult match, but it's Burnley and Fulham. Let's be real. Um, I, I still, I still think there's more to come and I'm hoping there's more to come from this team as well. But, um, Oh, and I want to come to you on another player who started, uh, we spoke about his start, uh, Dele, obviously instrumental in the goal. Um, I thought it was a bit unfortunate that he he didn't get the goal awarded to himself as well. I felt like that would have really done his confidence world of good. But um, what did you make of his performance yesterday before he got substituted? I think in the first half, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised to see him start. Um, again, I thought Fulham was a much more unfavourable game for us than than Burnley. Like I feel like they they're playing much better. I thought they were always going to exert control. So 
I didn't think this would have been the game for Delhi. Um, however, yeah, he started. He took about, I'd say, 10, 15 minutes to get into the game. I didn't really see him too much in in the opening period. But what I saw him do is uh, he started to drop into, you know, deeper pockets. He was getting closer to Huibian and Ndombele, picking up the ball, passing it off. He was releasing it a lot quicker than he has done in in previous games before before his uh, heavy links to PSG. Made quite a few uh, decent defensive recoveries as well. I can't remember the exact stats, but he was first for our team for defensive actions, uh, tackles, interceptions, um, which is pleasant to see. I think he dispelled a little bit of um, of a myth or a, a bit of a criticism of him is that he can't necessarily play as a as number eight or advanced eight or as some say an eight point five. But I, I believe he can. Like he looks very comfortable in tight spaces deep for me. And see the goal itself um came from I believe he like quickly intercepted an attack from Fulham, passed it off, then we got the ball forward uh, to Sun quickly. And I've been talking as far as like a year ago, like some of the first conversations um some of us had in in the Discord before Touchline Hotspur was properly even set up was you know, we can get the best out of Delhi by essentially getting that link up with Sun and Kane going again, and particularly the one with Delhi and Sun. So it was a pleasure to see that fluidity again. Obviously, they combined eventually for the goal. I'm going to give Delhi the goal just for the sake. Like it, it did look That's like it was gonna. It did look like it was on target. To be fair, like I didn't feel like it was a reach. It was harsh that he had it taken off him, but. Regardless, he he looks a lot closer to his old self. Like he he looks like he's playing with a smile on his face. He's active on social media, which um which is positive. Like kind of just quote tweeting the goal, being happy with the team's performance and his man of the match. Um, I, I don't think he was man of the match, but the fans voted him. Like fair play. Yeah, I didn't uh, get that. Yeah, it was the fans thing. It's, it's similar to how Oliver Skip keeps on getting man of the match for Norway. <laughs> like he, he he's good. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, maybe not so much man of the match. Um, because I felt like he did fade in the second half. Um, probably just through a little bit of um lacking of match fitness. Again, Fulham are a great team in terms of like controlling the game. Like I felt like Lamina and Loftus Cheek did a good job, and then Guisa came on and did his thing. Um, but yeah, like he he was um, suffering as a result of the rest of the team fatiguing around him. Like they may have they might have been able to carry him a bit um, with his lacking of match fitness if the whole team was playing a bit better or were a bit sharper. But again, with with um, Fulham exerting the control they were, he came off at the right time. It's a performance to build on for sure for Delhi. Like I see him playing, um, I see him probably even starting again against Palace, which would be another favourable game for him. I'd give it out of ten a strong seven. I'll give him a strong seven. Mm, Dave, Jack, what's your thoughts on 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 Delhi? Oh yeah. Uh, you know what? Like I said, in the game, man, we don't have to agree, by the way. Like, this is why we love Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I think I give him credit for getting into the right positions. Um, I, I still felt that even in even though he played well, I still think he was behind the game pace for what we needed. Um, and there were a few moments where I felt like he probably could have shifted the ball a bit quicker or made better decisions. Um, yeah. And again, is that a match thing? He hasn't played many games or, you know, he's just kind of come back into the team building up that chemistry again. Um, I like the fact he is putting in work on the other side of the ball. Um, I, I said this in my Walsberger, um review um, about seeing him actually like leading the line and leading the press and just like kind of directing things from that perspective and taking taking the ownership of his of his um, of his role in the team. You know, and I think that's what he didn't do enough for me and I wasn't necessarily unhappy with him not playing because when he was coming in it was just a bit Billy big bollocks kind of approach I mean um, but no he seems to have picked up I would like to see him in Palace because I think he will thrive in that scenario um, 
where there won't be a lot of space and there'll be a lot of tight um, tight um, positions to have to collect the ball in and play people in. Um, hopefully, if we've got the likes of Reguilon and, and, and Ore playing, we can get a bit more overloads and whatnot. Um, and I think that suits him. Um, again, he's one of them players, a bit like Ndombele, when Ndombele was struggling in the 10. If your fullbacks aren't getting the ball forward quick enough, he's he's negated. Half of his game is, is reliant on having that pace in, in, in the team in terms of the movement of the ball. And we didn't have that enough yesterday, I think, in some moments. So I think that kind of let him down. But yeah, it's good to see him back. Good to see him knocking around the team. Um, like again, when you think about other options that we have in that position, it, it, there's nothing there. So we do need him to really kick on. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm holding my breath. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Jack definitely feels similar. To be honest, we've had we've had discussions about about Billy. Um, there, was, there was there was one thing you mentioned, Owen. That I wanted to go back on on. Dele playing the 8.5 role, and I think it's easier to do this against Wolfsburg, where you have much more time on, on the ball. Because I felt like Ali's Ali's actions on the ball in that game were very, very precise. There was no, there was no Dele, no Dele Dallying, as I call it. There was no, there was no, no overplaying on, uh, overplaying the ball, wasting time in possession, but. The problem, the problem with 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 Dele is, um, can he do that when he's under significant pressure in the league, where they're going to be at your heels? And I think that's for me. I don't think he does it well enough to justify playing him as a as a number eight option if we were to change formation right now. Um, I don't know. What's your what's your thoughts on that, Jack? Yeah, I agree. Um... Listen, Deli Ali was one of my was one of my favourite players. I, we all loved and adored him, and that's why I'm extra harsh on him because he is just a shadow of that person, and I just get onto him a lot because of that. And I don't see, I definitely don't see him as an eight or eight point five. He's definitely a number ten and onwards. Um, I always think he's a sort of second striker. Really, um, he's he's a very instinctive player. He he gets on the end of things. He knows how to make smart runs. Um, smart dashes um, in and around that back line. He's not blessed with pace or anything, but he's got that brain when he's in that final third. The reason why I say he, I don't want him anywhere near that centre circle is because while he can be good in tight spaces, he can hold the ball a little bit, um, and uh, it, you know when when players are on him or what have you. Like he said, he doesn't release the ball quick enough. He doesn't release. He doesn't have that sort of passing range. I'd say to break lines. Like Ndombele has, like even Hoybier has shown. Um, I don't believe that he has that in his locker. Like he, I don't think he can do that consistently. Um, I just want to see him play in his old role. I just want to see that old that role exist again. Um, that role come back to life almost. I don't think we have seen that in in a, in a couple two and a half years almost. That's the Delhi I want to see. And as long as that position is dead, as long as that system is dead, I can't see Delhi Ali thriving um, at this club personally but he can make a good squad player if he does keep up performances like this I did say like <laughs> I did tweet I think Toby you, you replied to this like, saying why am I so grumpy all the time um, <laughs> when, when Ali was um, when Ali scored in training I was like do this against the Premier League opponents he did it he did it, <laughs> he did it. now the next step he's done okay he's, he's scored against Farmers now he scored against Fulham oh, I'll, no, I'll, I'll count it, it. I'll, I'll do it in yeah. Now do it consistently. Now's the next step. Go because you're still half the shadow of the player you were. Yeah. I still think with I still think with 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 Dele, with um with Dele, I think it's a it's a it's an interesting one because for me right now, if you if I had a gun to my head, um, I would still look to try and cash in in the summer and get a much more um not robust, a lot more sort of flexible midfielder because I feel like with. With Ali Strengths, because he, he is creative, he can pick a pass to a certain extent. He has got some some sort of trickery about him, and he's 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 a good finisher. But because of those deficiencies he lacks in a midfielder's game, in like a number eight game, you would feel like you want someone a bit more um, adaptable to play in that position that can give you what Ali can give you in terms of the output or the expected output. But 
for the time being, he's here. He's not going anywhere until the end of the season. And I really think now, players like him and Gareth Bell, they were players that were either cast aside or just we didn't believe in to, to, to contribute to the season. And now, I feel like it makes us, it will make us a completely different proposition if we have even... 70% of the of the old Dele coming back into form and even 50% of Gareth Bale because it will add so much more to our team that we've lacked all season. We've not had to rely on Ali or we've, we've not been able to rely on Ali this season because, well, we know about the manager and his, his tips with Ali and we know that Ali Ali simply hadn't played well enough in some matches. And with the, with, with the same for Gareth Bale, we know that first it was fitness, mentality, whatever. But the point is this, we have them available now we have them back into the fold, so we need them to deliver. Yeah, we need them to deliver. And I think the next point I wanted to talk about with Fulham is, um, yeah, just what's 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 your lot's thoughts on the top four, really? Like, where where do you think we are right now in in, in the race for the top four? Because <laughs> I had to bring it up. Sorry, Jack, I had to bring it up because listen, the table tells us we're five points behind fourth spot with a game in hand. The table tells us we're two points behind Liverpool with a game in hand. The table tells us we're, what, three points behind Everton with a game in hand? So mathematically, we are still in the race. But <laughs> I don't know whether we truly believe that we're going to finish top four. I don't. But I want to hear you lot's opinion. It's looking scarily possible. I'm not saying we're going to do it, but the more games that we're, we've been playing recently. So, obviously, our next two games are Palace and Arsenal. I'm quietly confident for them. Um, for me, it was more, obviously, we've got, um, obviously, not not that far to go for four. So, if we win our game in hand, it's two points. And for me, I just didn't see, a couple of weeks ago, I didn't see Man United or Leicester coming close to dropping out. And, I see Leicester have had their injuries now. They're starting to fade off. United have had Pogba injured, not been able to get playing properly since. They're starting to wane off. And even like listening to Moga, like they think they've, they're going to drop out the top four or they've got a good chance of dropping out. So when I hear that, I start to get more quietly confident. And looking at our running as well, the only big teams we've got to play are, funnily enough, Man United and Leicester. Obviously, after Arsenal, if you consider them a top team. Hey everyone, before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level, or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover arts, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So, whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to levelling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the programme is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com forward slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com forward slash join. So, if we can still keep on building on these performances and going into these games and getting results, then we've got to be optimistic about it because I still feel like, even though the Europa League is probably still a better chance of qualifying for the Champions League, it is still, in a sense, quite a, like we, we have to do more than we'd have to do to finish fourth in the league, if that even makes sense. But, uh, yeah, it's it's looking scarily possible. I'm, 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 I'm trying not to get too optimistic. I want to judge it more after our next two games. 
I'm I not do want to talk it more after our next two games, but it's looking scarily possible because it's reminding me now of the 18-19 season where just no one wanted to finish fourth. And we somehow managed to shithouse it without winning really an away game um, towards the end. So, yeah, if we can start picking up some points in what looks like a season similar to that, then we can at least give it, put ourselves in a good position. You know what it is, though? Um, and I'm going to come to you on this, Dave. I feel like last season, last season um, and a large part of this, the, the December, January and even February run this season has just told me that I don't think we have a team capable of putting together the consistency that we need to solidify a top, a top four spot. But such as, such as the, the reduction in quality of some of the sides we've seen this season, that it literally just takes two, three wins straight to put yourself back in contention. Like Thomas Tuchel's only been here for six weeks and now everyone's, Everyone's thinking Chelsea are going to finish even second, let alone fourth. We've only won two games straight, and we're now what? <laughs> we were we were nine points behind West Ham when they beat us two weeks ago. And now all of a sudden we're we're two points. I think it's what we're, we're two or three points behind West Ham with the same games played. Do you get what I'm saying? Like it's it's very very tough, but it's just a case of whether Spurs can not only establish some level of consistency, but maintain that level of consistency. As the tie, as the top four race goes, let's sort of like up and down, up and down, up and down. I don't know, Dave. Um, what's your take on the, on the top four battle? <clears throat> yeah, um, like I think that Owen said, <clears throat> it's scarily possible. I don't think we're gonna get. I think fifth. I, I think we'll go on a decent enough run and then end up fifth because I think another team that's already above us will go on a decent run. I, I know. Everyone looks at Leicester and say they're probably most likely to drop out <clears throat> because of the injuries with Madison out and Barnes out, which is a massive loss for them. Um, but like, I can see, you know, other teams is maybe just doing enough to keep it competitive. I don't think because I mean, what are we eighth or ninth, whatever. You, you still need three teams for bad one, you know. Yeah. Uh, but what keeps it interesting is the fact that everyone is capable of going to bad one. You know, with Liverpool. Um, beat Palace, uh, what was it, seven or whatever, they pumped past them. No one thought on that day that Liverpool were then going to lose five games in a row at Anfield, you know. If you said that to them back in December, it'd been crazy. And, you know, you see Man United obviously struggling about Pogba. I think it keeps it interesting. And yes, we've got Man United. Yes, we've got Leicester. I think Leicester's the last game of the season. Last game, yeah, you're right. Yeah. But it's the other games. Those are the ones that usually scare me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like the Everton's away and yeah. the Villa's away. Villa's, Villa away is a game in hand. A lot of people that's think a game in hand's in the bag. <laughs> it's it's yeah. away. I looked at that because that was obviously that's supposed to be earlier in the season when um, the, the virus hit them. But, you know, you look at it and go, all right, great. You know, you've got a game in hand, got a game in hand, game in hand. And you look at what it is, it's Villa away. You know, and, you know, look at Fulham. Look at all the teams that's given us problems over the past few weeks. They're teams that have players that are not afraid to run at us. What do Villa have? players that are not afraid to run at us <laughs> you know that's what our our, our, our fullbacks or our, our defenders don't like you know when it's all in front of them they're fine and they look you know like world beaters a bit like Burnley when it's all in front um but Fulham you know Lookman and you know Loftus-Cheek they're making those runs at us um and, and it forces us back and you know from a coaching perspective that's where we fall down so really it's not going to be an easy game but I'm looking at Newcastle away right before that used to be a game that you think, oh, might, you know, might sneak a draw or whatever, because it can be a bit of a win. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We want to go up there, they get a bit fired up with the crowd. But no, I don't fear Newcastle, and we shouldn't fear Newcastle. We should look to get a positive result there. And some of the other games should be straightforward. You know, Sheffield, Leeds, I think Leeds are a weird team anyway. Um, again, it's about just playing yourself into the into the competition. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think if there is, funny enough, out of the managers 
in and around that pot. So you've got Moyes, you've got Mourinho, you've got whatever. Uh, the manager's in, in and around that, that little race to fourth. If there was a manager who knows how to really get a team fired up for that one game to win, it probably would be Mourinho. So... Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. We'll see what happens. Boy, I'm, I'm, I'm holding my breath for that one, to be honest. <laughs> uh, Jack, um, I know your thoughts on this already. I'm not even going to ask you about this because I think you're, you're pretty much aligned to my, to my school of thought on this one. I want to speak to you about something else. Um, three consecutive clean sheets now with, with Alderweireld and Sanchez. Um, well, mainly Alderweireld. I, I think I want to ask you two things. Does this reinf- one does this reinforce the opinion that he has to pretty much start the majority of Premier League matches? And two, similar question to to, to um, as I asked to Owen, um, what is the centre back pairing that we have to prioritise between now and the end of the season? Because Davison Sanchez again, a lot of people said he played well yesterday, but good first half. And then chaotic second half. He made a couple good blocks, but you know I, I have a soft spot for the guy, but he's just so, so erratic. And he, he literally, the same way I called Lucas Moura agent of chaos, Davison Sanchez, he is an agent of chaos. Like He doesn't even mean to do it, but because, because he doesn't use his brain quick enough or shuffle his feet quick enough, it literally just causes panic for no reason. So... Give me your thoughts on on those two points I've just mentioned now. Um, you're right. He, you can never trust that, uh, backs any any of our centre backs really, even Toby. I'd say um, it is just a matter of it's not a matter of who's the best centre back partnership. It's still who's least crap. And <laughs> I think the least crap is yeah. Right now, at this point, at the, right this minute, it is Toby and Sanchez. Um, past few games. When was the last time you've seen that from, from this team? It was when, at the beginning of the season, when Dyer and... When, well, I don't want to say his name, I shouldn't have said his name, but when uh, Eric and Sanchez were... Really, then. Eric? Just go. Eric. And um, literally, right, the, Laurel and Hardy, basically. Just Laurel and Hardy, essentially. But, um, uh, Ed and Eddie, but, man. But, yeah... Um, we have to go with them. We, we, it's all we've got now. We, we just, we've got to take what we can get. And, you know, I think they're, because they're very, two very different centre-backs as well. You've got Toby, who's not quite got the physical um, presence that um, Sanchez has, even though I don't think Sanchez is particularly quick, um, which some people think he is. I, 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 I genuinely don't. I, 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 I think he is, to be fair. At me next time, Jack. He's not, that, <laughs> he's not that strong either. It, it, I don't know if he's not that strong or if he's not smart he's enough to use his body but well. He's definitely but, quick. Do you remember that little um when he caught up Rashford in that Project Restart game? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's rapid. rapid. Well, not rapid, but he's quick. He's got pace. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. He is. He is it doesn't show sometimes, but um, but maybe maybe yeah maybe he just he just slow up there. Because he's flat-footed, a bit like the other guy who was playing right back last night. You don't see his first two steps. Right? <laughs> 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 I know Jackie was talking about this side a long time ago, right? There's always one player that I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Right? Before it was a draft, 
aka Lorente, but when he when he started shooting from the hip, I, I forgave him. Yeah, when I forgave him, I forgave him with the whole Man City thing. Okay, cool. But no, um, yeah, I think because he's flat-footed, I think Sanchez really he is quick, but his reaction is so slow. That's what probably holds him back. Yeah, I think I think with with, with Sanchez, it's a weird one because. <laughs> Jack knows I've defended this guy for so, so many games, weeks, 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 months, 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 years. And you just can't defend it indefensible anymore. But he played well against um, Burnley, albeit they didn't have their, their most physical weapons against us. And before that second half of chaos started, he was looking pretty good in the first half, making a couple interceptions. And in theory, like Jack said, our least diabolical pairing should be Sanchez and Alderweireld. It should be because, for me personally, Davison Sanchez is a better centre back than that other guy, the the one that came from Sporting Lisbon. Um, and Alderweireld, he is a, still our best centre back on the ball, most composed, and reads danger the best out of out of the lot. And it was our best centre back pairing for me last season, but that's not really saying much because we were horrible defensively last season. And the problem with Davison Sanchez this season is he's just not been good enough. He's been all, he's literally been awful in like 90% of the games I've watched him this season. He's not been good enough. But if there's a chance that he can get to a, even a good level where we're not seeing as many errors, notice I said no errors because I don't think it's, it's, I don't think it's possible for someone like Sanchez to not make any errors from now up until the end of the season. But if he can make as few errors as possible, then so be it. But I also think Mourinho should prioritise maybe Toby and Rodon or maybe Toby and Tanganga or maybe Tanganga. Just prioritise a centre-back pairing that gives us as much chance as possible of defending well and not making mistakes, not making brain-dead unforced errors. So if that means Davison Sanchez is out of the team as well as he's played, so be it. He, By all accounts, I don't think he, de- I don't think he deserves to start against Burnley. I don't think he deserved to start against um, two back-to-back Premier League matches based on his performances this season. He's been he's been no better than Joe Rodon. He's been no better than than um, than than some of the other guys that we got there as well. So I'm not going to mention names. But listen, you just got to play. You got to play what can win us matches week to week, whatever you want to call it. And the hope is that that partnership either blossoms or Jose Mourinho. At the risk of destabilizing the team, switches it up and plays a centre back pairing that doesn't give us as much stress as, as we've seen this season. But anyway, um, the longest Toby and Tanganga, I want to see. That would be good. That would be good. We complement each other. I think Tanganga's got what Sanchez has in speed and strength without the mental um, collapses. And I think we've got what. 10, 15 games left or however many games if we get a good cup run. You know, I think we could use this time to now blood in Tanganga um, against easier competition. Okay? Or, or, you know, <laughs> um, <clears throat> but I think, I think he will do well in his more natural position. Um, but don't, I'm, I'm you think, bit, don't you think, don't you think, um, don't you think that with Tanganga though, as an option at centre-back, it, Leaves us a bit exposed in right back because of the other guy. Obviously, Aurier is gonna Aurier can't play every game, and the other guy, Matt Doherty. I'm gonna say his name because I'm still gonna give him that little bit of respect. Call him Matthew. <laughs> 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 um, don't you think there's a risk there that like it leaves us exposed when he plays then, and we don't have that luxury of playing Jeffett in the right back role because he has done very well when he's played in that role yeah. for us. It, it does. Um, you got to be creative with your squad. You got you got to use your squad well. Um, but I'm I'm thinking if we're looking at Premier League and you're saying right, we're going to try and make a push for top four, you need to have your centre back pairing on lock. You know we can get away with some of the the, the donuts in the Europa in, in you know maybe in the next round or two, and depending on a favourable draw. Mm-hmm. But I think in in the league we should be looking at it and going right every Saturday. This is the guys that we we're relying on. Um, and actually, the difference with, with these clean sheets has been Toby. He's the most experienced. He's a leader. He communicates better than anyone else. You know, you think back to the West Ham game when the goal went in. 
you know, Eric and <laughs> Davinson were just pointing at each other. You know, it's all this me, you, me, you, all this kind of stuff. It's just, oh, it's you have Eric Dyer who just blames everyone as well, just yeah. generally. He's not taking any responsibility. On, do you, do you, um, have you guys seen that quote? Yeah, he's like, been singled out. Yeah, that was... That's ridiculous. Like, honestly, I've, I've never... I don't have personal hate for any human being in life. Um, I like to <laughs> I like to keep it very, you know, just civil. But Eric Dyer is getting close there because, honestly... <laughs> How can you not take any accountability? And how can you be shout almost pointing a finger at Tanganga, who's a he's a young player, right? Not taking any accountability at all. You've been responsible for a crap load of goals that we've conceded. But anyway, uh, well, I got a question actually. Um, what do people think of the suggestion that I've I've had, which I I refuted? Ben Davis at centre back. No. No. Yes. In not a back in three, two. yeah. Not in a two. No, no never not in a two. Not in a two. Never in a two. In but a back three, we... I, I don't think he's really been bad there. And I think it suits him. Because he, he gets way too isolated at left back. He's too limited to play left back or left wing back in particular. But like, I was I was even thinking like the other week when we were still, obviously, just uh, committing defensive errors every single week. That like, back three would suit us, obviously only with Regulon and Aurier playing because um, it would give our defence a little bit more protection. We we sacrificed midfield anyway, so a two in there doesn't really change much. Um, we we have great chance creation from our fullbacks when Regulon and Aurier play, and it then facilitates... Um, our forwards a bit better, so it would give Son a little bit less defensive responsibility because I felt I felt like he had become a bit of a luxury player in in recent weeks. Obviously, Ben Davis has been poor, but he gets isolated quite a lot. Um, it was even spoken about in the WhatsApp uh, chat yesterday. Um, obviously, Son doesn't necessarily track back that much. Um, and I feel like it would just facilitate the freedom of some of our more luxury attacking players and to be fair whenever I've seen Ben Davis play left of a back three at centre back he's actually been decent I'm not going to say he's been great I think he's been decent I can't remember him making any glaring errors there Um, he tends to just make glaring errors when he gets isolated out on his own flank but yeah when he's got that protection at left centre back I think he, he as I say he does pretty decent yeah, you, have to, you have to get the lineup really right. <clears throat> you, yeah. You, you know, you'd have to have a Toby and I don't know, a right centre maybe Sanchez or Tanganga who are quite. I'd have Tanganga. <laughs> yeah, just they're, they're, I think that fluidity in, in, in Tanganga's game to go out into the flanks and be comfortable to take on wings yeah, if it be. Exactly what I was thinking. That's what I love about him. You know, when obviously his first Premier League game was against Liverpool, wasn't it? In Mane and Salah. And he did very well with that. So, you know, he's got that in his game, so I'll trust him in that back three. Um, Davies has played better, apart from the Wolves game, but then he did have the other guy. Um, <laughs> it's one of his less crap positions. <laughs> you put him at the worst it's position just, ever. Just, like, oh, like, I think it's I'm, not a thing that I, would, I wouldn't necessarily use him there to keep on, like, keep him on next season to play him there. Don't get me wrong. It's just, I feel like that would be the best way to utilise him from now, between now and the end of the season. My only thing with that... I'm still keeping him. My only thing with that is that um, it means we play a back three and it means that we take away a position in midfield for me, um, which isn't the worst when we're playing against inferior opposition, but if it's a system that we need to rely upon, I would like to get as many offensive-minded midfielders on the pitch or offensive-minded players on the pitch where possible. And I don't think Ben Davies, as as decent as he has been in that position, I don't think he's that good or the system is that... that um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't think the system, that free-in-the-back system for us is that supreme that it would override um, the option to play a three-man midfield as well, especially when you've got Lo Celso coming back from injury. You've got Ali looking like he's going to get uh, uh, in a bit of form as well. But uh, listen, he, he does well in a three-man in a, in a, in a three-man defence, centre-back clearing anyway. But 
yeah, I'm done. I'm done speaking positively about these players anymore. Like the sooner the sooner we get rid of them, the better. Um, I'll, I, there was one point I want to talk about because Fulham, we need to give them credit. They played really well in the second half. They did, and mm. let's be real, they should have. They should have. That we shouldn't have won that game. We shouldn't. We'll, we'll be happy with three points, but we shouldn't have like enough to win now. Pardon? We did enough to win, though. Yeah, but... You, you say we did... But that referee decision, is, yeah, is that what you were going to get to? Exactly, that's what I was going to get to. So, yeah, in terms of chances created, yeah, we created three clear-cut chances and we missed... I think we missed all three. Um, Kane missing two out of the three. But let's be real, they scored a legitimate goal and it got, and it got, um, it got ruled out. So I wanted to get you lots... In fact, I'm going to pick one person so we can move on to the... Palace game afterwards. I'm going to pick you, Jack. Um, what's your thoughts on this rule then? Because it happened to us last season against Sheffield United. Ridiculous decision. And it's happened yesterday as well. And then it's now prompted them to change the rule to make it so that um, any future incidents like that, um, it won't be deemed a handball offence. But it's all just wishy-washy now. I feel like they're just making it up as they go along. Well, it, it's ridiculous that they're getting rid of it midway through a season. Uh, it's, it's an absolute joke. You have to have consistent. Even if, it, if you're gonna, rules change, rules have changed over football for, for decades since since the inception of the game. Change it at the end of the season, or should it, they should have changed it at the beginning of last season because it clearly was it clearly was flawed. You know, we saw what happened <laughs> what happened to us and what happened in our favour as well with the um, against City as well um, in the last minute. So. It's, it is a, it's a terrible rule. It always was a terrible rule, and we took it while you know, while it benefited us. But we're absolutely, it's a, it's a disgrace. It's a disgrace, and I do feel for Fulham fans. I do feel for Fulham. They, we did, like Owen said, we did enough to win. But also, I, I believe we did enough to to lose the game as well. To be honest, the way we played in that second half. Um, it's all swings and roundabouts. It's gone against us, and it's gone in our favour this time and yeah I, I, I genuinely feel that Fulham, Fulham were done there and they, the decision at the time in its moment was by the letter of the law correct but the very next day not even 24 hours pass <laughs> and it's it's unlawful like I just think some people sense. I just think some people just need to use common sense man they really need to use common sense um and I know rules are rules, but you have a brain. Like, it's not like these things happen all the time in football. They are unique circumstances. And for me, in unique situations, you're allowed to bend the rules if it's going to be the correct decision. Because following the rule to the point where you know something's wrong, but you still do it because the rule tells you to do it, tells you that the rule is flawed. So for me, I just feel like some of these referees, they need to exercise some common sense now because some of these decisions are actually laughable. It doesn't exist, though. <laughs> You've seen I mean, how the pandemic's handled. <laughs> common sense doesn't exist. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. Um, but listen, like we said, lads, not the best of performances, but two wins in the bank, two consecutive wins, two consecutive clean sheets. Fun fact, that's the first time we've done that in the league since November 2020. Um, so, listen, I don't know whether that's a good thing that we've done it or a bad thing that it's taken us so long to do it. But, listen, we move, man. And um, we've got Crystal Palace now um, with, a, with a view to make it three consecutive wins on the trial as well. I would say this is probably... Palace picked up a little bit of form in the last two or three matches, but I would say this is a favourable game to have at home when you look at how Crystal Palace have played this season. Dave, I'm coming to you on this, and the key word I want to mention is rotation. Rotation, rotation, rotation. Who do you expect to come in um, beyond the the usual suspects and, and why? <clears throat> so, definitely full-back changes need Oye and and Reguillon back in because uh, just uh, watching, you know, Roy Hudson 4-4-2, it's going to be tight banks, um, not a lot of space in, you need to create overloads um, and having attacking fullbacks is going to create those overloads, whether it be in the box or out wide um, <clears throat> to get just some real positive momentum we can't afford to go into the game with, you know, like 
one side lopsided, you know, we had like Oye one side and Davies on the other side. I don't think we should do that. I think we should definitely go with a, a, a positive mindset. I won't say attacking mindset because it's Mourinho, um, but definitely a more positive mindset having those uh, Reguilon and Oye. Um, obviously, Heiberg and Domley should should be fine to start. I think I'm a bit torn. I'm not sure about Ali from the start. I, 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 earlier today, I would have said Ali, but I don't Mora. know. I think it's going to be more. I think mean, one of Ali or Bell would be dropped and Mora will replace them. So it could be Ali starts and, and it'll be Mora on, on the right wing. Um, but the key is um, definitely keeping Kane. I know he had a bad game last night. Um, I'm keeping him. Vinicius, I don't think um, his game is suited to this this particular fixture. Um, Palace are going to be quite strong in the air. Palace are going to like you to play in front of them. You know, Vinicius is going to deep with the kind of skill level that, that Kane does. So he's not going to pull them out of position too much. So I think we need to have someone with Kane's IQ in there. Um, and obviously, hopefully, Son, uh, Son can do what he does does best, which is you know get some really crucial goals. So I think the main thing for me is the fullbacks, um, and it'll be interesting to see if he sticks with um, Basque, as they're calling it online. Yeah, no, um, I'm going to come to you next on this, Owen. But just to give my piece, I'm going to throw a curveball. I actually think both Dele and um, and Bill will be will be benched for this game. I think one of them will come on in the second half, but I think he's going to go with Lamora. I think he's going to go with Lamora to start this game. I can definitely see Lucas Mora starting, and it's just up to Jose whether he starts with Mela. But I, I think both of them will start this game. Will come off in the second half, and I think one of the two will start against um, against Dinamo Zagreb at home on Thursday ahead of the the North London derby. But oh, now I wanted to get your take on. I wanted to get your take on. <clears throat> On the team as well, um, obviously Dave's made um, uh, a big point on the fullbacks. We know that we know the qualities that they they offer us going forward. But um, what uh, what uh, attacking sort of attacking combination would you go with for this game, and um, and why? I would probably uh, I I I've accepted that uh, either one of Delhi or Bale would have to be dropped for this. Um, it is a favourable game, but still we we need some some energy off the ball in there. I I think it should be Lamella to come in for one of them. Um, I was more impressed. I've been more impressed with his cameos much more than I have been Lucas recently. I think Lucas has been. Honestly, quite bad. I didn't think he was good against Burnley, Everton. He got away with a load of mistakes. Um, I don't know how he he's getting just he's he's not justified getting more minutes than Lamella at the moment for me. So I would bring him in. Um, I'd keep yeah, I'd keep Bale on. So I guess Lamella would play the ten, Bale on the right, Sun Kang, and uh, perhaps. Delhi Lucas coming off the bench early on if if we're struggling for a goal. Fair. Um, Jack, I want to come to you on this as well. Um, Wilfred Zaha passed fit, so we know he's going to start this weekend. What are you worried about the threat that that Palace carry in transition, and how best do you think we can sort of counteract their best qualities? Because whilst we know that they've not been at their their best this season. They have some threats in that team that can really, really punish us. We saw it the reverse fixture in the second half. They threw, they threw everything at us, and we just took it instead of instead of attacking back. How do you think we can sort of get ahead of the curve and not um, have a repeat of what happened at Sellers Park by not doing what we did and soak up pressure and let Palace have the ball? It was just it was just unbelievable that performance. I looked at Jose and I was just thinking. You Maybe cost us sick. that game. You cost us that game because when, whenever we decided to go forward, we were potent. We did look like we were scoring. And was it Haita had a had a, a in goal? Was that his name? Haita, yeah, Haita, yeah. yeah. Had an immense game, and um, yeah, we we were we shot ourselves in the foot by sitting back and soaking up unnecessary pressure. We just got to play our game. We just got to go at them. Score as many, get as many goals as early as possible, and then we can um, not sit back, but we can 
reduce the intensity. Um, that's all I want, and I, I do want to see it. Obviously, we will see a different fullback pairing. And again, Poch used to rotate his fullbacks. So that, that's the mo- position you're going to exert your most energy on. But having Oreo with Bell on the right, that will allow. I think that will allow Bell to cut in more and give him that sort of freedom um, to go at not maybe go at players, but give him a bit more room to um, do his thing and pick a pass, pick a pick a cross, pick a shot. That's what I want to see, and I want to see Regulon as well. I want to see our forwards not drift too wide. I want to see them. I want to see the fullbacks stretch that opposition, seeing our forwards find gaps in that defence in that back line. That's all I want to see. High intensity, get those get those goals early, and don't let don't let Palace have the ball. Mm. Don't let Palace have the ball. No truer word was said. I think that's us for today, lads. Um, I think we've spoken about the highs and lows of Fulham, the obvious need for um, for a, a, a third consecutive Premier League victory as well. Remains to be seen whether we are 100% um, genuine contenders to finish in the top four. But listen, we've got a long season left to go and it's up to the players to prove us wrong. Make us believe that this team are capable of finishing in the top four. Um, folks, if you're still listening as well, uh, make sure you join us on the Discord this Sunday. Listen, well, don't don't shun us because we're the last game on Sunday. Stay in that Discord after the Man United derby. Make sure you're there to watch the Spurs game. Um, Owen, Jack, Jack, Dave, it's been a pleasure, lads. You know that you know the usual, man. Um, knowledgeable folks, people. Make sure you follow all their socials as well. Um, and we'll be back next week, hopefully celebrating three consecutive wins. Yeah. No doubt. Come on, you Spurs. <laughs> yeah, take care. Sports Social Podcast Network.